Hello and welcome to the Doctor Who pod. The last episode of season one, our season one finale, so to speak. My name is Sai, and joining me here to look back on our first season and basically, I suppose, count down in a sort of top of the pops kind of way. Our preferences and all the stories we've done. Uh, oh, I suppose maybe a, a top of the docks. We could no, no, forget that. Scrap that. Anyway, joining me is <laughs> Mr. Dan Griffin. How are we doing, my friend? I was doing pretty well until I heard that terrible pun. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> top of the docks. Come yeah, on. it just popped in my head, and I wish it never did. It's that loose connection between brain and mouth. We all mm. suffer from it. We all do. Yeah. Not very well, mate. Very good at time recording. Uh, Liverpool won the FA Cup final yesterday, so I am absolutely buzzing, and I know you'll be exactly the same and, and just really happy for, uh, for for Liverpool Football Club. Over the moon. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've got a really obnoxious Chelsea fan as a friend, and I, part of me obviously doesn't want Liverpool to win anything. But another part of me is like, I can't handle him if Chelsea would have won anything. You know, I just bad, couldn't bad handle it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm quite happy. That, I'm quite happy with that, mate. I'm quite happy with that. That's all right. Less, lesser of two evils. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Milan could win the Italian League today, mate. And I got a soft spot for Milan. So I'll just, I'll just claim that as a moral victory on some levels and go from there. Fair enough. Yeah, got to take wins where you English can get. English football's overrated. Well, <laughs> you you would say that, given that you're a Man United fan. Hey, Gloucester City stayed up this year, mate. I'll take that. York City in the National League North playoff finals. Oh, lovely, lovely. Yeah, yeah that's Can't the wait. division that Gloucester stayed up in. Just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right. Our away kit next season's bloody lovely. So I'm gonna go. That's, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> You really are taking those small victories, aren't you? I support Gloucester City all my life because that's where I'm from. Uh, I'm a Milan fan in the last 10, 15 years. That's been pretty dire. And I'm a Manchester United fan. So the last 10 years, that's been pretty dire. So yeah, I'm taking small victories, mate. A nice away kit. That's lovely. I'm ticking that box. Hey, that 30, 30 years following Liverpool, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, we're not, we're not a football podcast. We are not a football podcast. Very true, very true. We are a Doctor Who podcast. We are the Doctor Who pod. And today, as I said, we're going to look back on our first series. We The format of the show was primarily, I would be picking stories from Classic Who, Dan would be picking stories from New Who, and then we'd look at the movie and maybe one of the specials as well, and just talk about them and see what we liked and so on. And then as we got to the end of our first season, we kind of thought, well, why don't we just rank them? And see, you know, in, in like a countdown order, and see what we liked the best because it could be quite interesting. With Dan's sort of uh, your wheelhouse is very much new Who at the moment, isn't it? Whereas I'm more, yeah. my, I have more memories with older Who than I do with the newer stuff, I guess. And I'd never seen the movie before as well, so it's gonna be interesting seeing how my my countdown chart, I guess, varies to your countdown chart, Dan. Yeah, it'll be a good, uh, nice little, uh, nice little exercise. See if uh, see how much of the uh, the classic Who's landed for me and how the uh, how the new who's landed for you exactly exactly just to recap then i suppose to anyone listening uh, the stories that we're looking at here it was the format was one story per doctor and obviously the the special the day of the doctor was covered as well which kind of crisscrossed over a few extra doctors i guess but this the the, the, the sort of format for the first season was one story per doctor uh, and I'll, I'll run through them now and i'll run through them i think in the order in doctor order i guess so starting with the william hartnell story 
and onwards. I so think that's we the way have. To yeah, okie doke. That, I mean, that's how we're going to count them down today. So our earliest story to our latest. Uh, obviously, I mentioned Day of the Doctor was a special we covered, so that's that one. But we have The Dalek Invasion of Earth, Tomb of the Cybermen, Inferno, Genesis of the Daleks, The Caves of Androzani, Attack of the Cybermen, Survival, The Movie, Dalek, Blink, Vincent and the Doctor, Mummy on the Orient Express, the Haunting of Villa Diodati. Now, you were waiting for me to screw that up then, weren't you? <laughs> I, I was, yeah. I was, I was ready and waiting to step in. <laughs> and as I said, Dave, the Doctor is involved as well. So those are the going to effectively chart now. Uh, Dan, so then, least favourite story from our first season. Your, your 14th placed Doctor Who serial. Are in you going to surprise me here? <laughs> in a shock to absolutely no one, my least favourite of the ones we watched in season one was Attack of the Cybermen, Colin Baker, because it was an absolute mess. The Doctor was unlikable. Um, the, rela the relationship this Doctor had with Perry at this point was tedious and and just irksome, just did nothing for me. Um the bright side was that we got Brian Glover and he was fantastic and we got to talk a bit of wrestling um, and the uh, <laughs> and uh, and the villain was fan well, the villain was was really good but it wasn't enough to uh, wasn't enough to save it for me so it uh, it props up the rest yeah that's not really a surprise to be fair i kind of knew that that would be your your 14th placed story uh, mine may surprise a little bit actually because it's not the colin baker story my bottom-placed story here, my 14th least favourite. I want to stress as well, just because it's my 14th least favourite doesn't mean I completely hate it. It's still Doctor Who, and I still love most things Doctor Who, so it's yeah. just in the order that we prefer these ones, isn't it? Uh, is the Sylvester McCoy story survival? I did wonder. I did wonder if that would be the way you went. But, well, in fact, I'll just jump ahead a little bit uh, before you get into it, because survival is my next one. Ah, that works well, then, uh, because... Attack of the Cybermen is my thirteenth place, so that works quite well. <laughs> compare those two. <laughs> well, you go, you go with um, you go, you go, on, you go off about survival. Okay, uh, I I didn't like I, some of it. Just didn't make sense uh, the way that people seemed to be unable to run whenever there was uh, they were being chased by this cat-like thing. The, the the black cat with sound effects added to make it look like it was... I mean, effectively, it, it could have been one of my cats walking across a wall and someone's just filmed it and said, okay, that'll do us a bad deal on Doctor Who. Uh, the military guy pissed me off. Oh, but yeah. Plus points. Ace is great. Sylvester McCoy, you know, he, he's the Doctor yeah. that I kind of... Uh, I grew up with, I suppose. But yeah, for me, looking back, I'm trying to think of ranking this is really, really difficult for me. The whole thing is going to be is incredibly difficult, but I try to put it in order of what I would watch again next. If I had to choose one of these to watch again, which one would I be least likely to press play on? And I'd be least likely to press play on survival than I would attack of the Cyberman. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I'm actually really glad you said that because uh, that's exactly the way I looked at it as well. Okay, uh, so we're coming at it from the same angle, at the very least, which is which is quite nice. It's, it's we're getting on the same wavelength quite a lot. I don't know whether to be worried or not. Um, <laughs> it's uh, and I don't know if I'm worried for me or worried for you because I'm a fucking idiot. 
<laughs> well, I'm on that. I'm now too, mate. So maybe. <laughs> ah, all right. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It, it does say. It does say a lot, though, that these two occupy the bottom two spots for both of us. Survival just edged it to second bottom for me because there was the comedy factor. There was, you know, the the daft the daft cheater people <laughs> and the yeah. way they looked and the fact they were riding horses, even though they can run, you know, faster than whatever and. And all the rest of it, and we had we had the master. We had a really good performance from uh, from Anthony Ainley. Um Real sinister, scary performance at times, especially you know with the eyes the and eyes. the teeth. Yeah, it were really good. So it, it just edged it for that. Even though that um, that wannabe sergeant fellow was a proper bellend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was a knob, wasn't he? <laughs> Absolute jeb. <laughs> Uh, see now I guess in here we're going to start varying a great deal because I think it's fairly predictable that we we're going to put those two stories both of us relatively low on, on our charts so going forward I think this is where we could start throwing in surprises and disagreeing a little bit potentially uh, as we move into our number 12 so number 12 sorry selection what's yours Dan mine is the Dalek invasion of earth oh okay and um, again this feels really harsh but I would I wouldn't go back to it really it's no? not, not not with any great rush it was obviously it was a big you know historic moment the first time a companion leaves a tardis mm-hmm. there was there was a lot to like in there and I believe I, I praised it as such you know it was it was fine but outside of that sort of historic moment I remember us describing it as hmm yes hmm ah yeah my dear it was boy. just a lot of that and, and, and it and, and it wore a bit long that yeah. comes into it as well sort of the time facts comes into it so again by no means a bad serial but just not one I'm inclined to go back and revisit I, I, there's more episodes from other doctors that I'd pick before that yeah, if that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, no, makes nothing, sense. nothing glaringly bad, just nothing outstandingly good. If, okay, you know, but taking it in as a whole, it all sort of evens out to it being. It, I mean, I'm always going to like it because it's docked in, but it yeah. doesn't. Apart from that one standout moment, it doesn't. It's it's not that special. Uh, okay. Okay, so you might, that, that ranks a touch higher on my chart. We'll come to that shortly. Mm. Uh, my my 12th selection is the Doctor Who movie. Fair enough. You know, and again, it's that thing of, it's really difficult because it seems like I'm being negative because it is so low on my list, but it's not. It, it's low on this list because everything that comes after it is just so good, in my opinion. You know, I mean, I've got my list in front of me and I've effectively, it's effectively like broken down into, um, well, we spoke about football earlier. It's effectively broken down into almost like a football league table. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got like the bottom two are effectively my relegation places. Mm. And then everything above it is is good until you get into the top select elite, which I suppose really Champions League places in, in how I look at the list. And they're all interchangeable. I mean, I'm, this is the list I've got as of now. But I can make the same list again tomorrow from the same 14 stores. And the bottom two would relatively stay where they are. But the Doctor Who movie might jump up five places or, you know, something that's in third or fourth might jump down a couple of places. It's good. I think it's so interchangeable because I, I enjoyed stuff from Survival and I enjoyed stuff from Attack of Cybermen. But I enjoyed everything else that much more. And the movie mm. I enjoyed that much more 
but just not as much as some of the other stories that are coming up, I guess. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, peeking behind the curtain a little bit for the listeners, I was changing things around on this list two minutes before we started recording. Yeah. <laughs> because it's the, first time, it's the first time I've had a chance to look at it in a week. I wrote the initial list with about half an hour's notice before the, la- the previous recording. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, a different day, different mood, fresh, you know, fresh eyes on it. And, yeah, things have jumped around, so it's... Uh, it's we're not pushing an exact science, but uh, no, no. I get where you're coming from with the with the movie. Obviously, the movie is going to rank higher for me because of the nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. It just is, you know, it's something that I watch at least once a year, you know, if not more. But again, that's something else that I think would be really interesting. It, I mean, two two aspects I suppose we could look at. One that we can't change. You know, if if I had watched this when it first came out in '96, when I was 15 as a Doctor Who fan already, as a classic Who fan, I would probably be really excited that Doctor Who was back for a start and would have had the level of nostalgia. So it may have rated higher. But I literally watched this a couple of weeks ago for the very first time at the age of 41 in the year 2022. So I don't get that kind of nostalgia. On the other side of the coin, I've literally watched the movie once. Now, some of these other stories I've watched several times. If I watch the movie again a couple of times, that may make it jump jump up the list even more, I suppose. Yeah, it could do, but again, it's one of those things that you can't we can't control it. And as I say, it's not an exact science. It's essentially how we feel on the day because like you've mm. said, and as and as I've said about here, it's it could change it, it could change in twenty minutes. You know, I could I could look yeah. at the list and think, Oh, actually I'll move that there, tweak that and you're never gonna be happy with it. So I've just had to settle on what I've got for now because yeah. now we're recording, I ain't gonna change it. Literally as we were recording uh, and you were explaining about your thoughts on a, a story two, three minutes ago, I was looking at my list going, oh, I think I've put that in the wrong place, you know. But I'm not <laughs> going to change it now. In my head, it was like, as soon as we press record, it's locked in. So if I don't like it, it's still there. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, God. Yeah. What about in 11th place then, Dan? What have you got there? In 11th place, this uh, this might surprise you a touch, but it's, uh, it's Dalek with Christopher Eccleston. Interesting. Okay, and why is this? It's obviously see. This is one that has nostalgia factor for me, mm-hmm. and I think Henry Van Staten's a great villain. It's a good story. You know, there's a lot of real peril to it, and it's a, it's a unique take on the Dalek on how it ends up and and all the stuff with Rose. And they got that little shit Adam in there, but you know you can forget about him. <laughs> but it boils down to from this point on, it's that old question: What would I go to watch? You know, if I had the choice of all these episodes, what's the one I'd watch? What's yeah. the one I'd watch next? And Daleks all just down that I picked it because it's a good Eccleston story and I didn't want to do uh, a two-parter straight off the bat. So it's a good Eccleston story. It's not my favourite Eccleston story. So, yeah, it finds itself. It's the first of the new Who to uh, to get on the list in, uh, in 11th position. Um, again, it's another one of those feels a bit harsh. Nothing wrong with it, really, but... I can't put it above anything else that comes after it. No, I I I, I completely agree because my my ninth sorry my eleventh place is the ninth Doctor story Dalek as well. Oh so wow! I I completely agree. It's it was it had so much good, you know. But at the same time, I didn't like being made to feel sorry for the Dalek. That yeah. kind of put me off a little bit. And and something you said there summed it up a million times better than I could ever hope to. It's a good Eccleston story but it's not the best Eccleston story. 
No. So in comparison to some of the other stores we have, I, I think placing it where it is, for me, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it's one that I've not really struggled with. It's one that I feel is about fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely better than the one than definitely better for me than Dalek Invasion of Earth Survival and Attack of the Cybermen. It's on. Okay. It's maybe on par with some of the ones that are to come. But yeah. I'd rather watch the other ones. Like I say. Yeah. Oh, that's fair enough, mate. That's fair enough. Uh, your tenth selection, then, as we get into our top ten. I almost want to play some sort of <laughs> cheesy seventies countdown music. For some reason, I've got some. Basically, what needs to happen now is we need to get our selections read out by Tony Blackburn and have like just some random like 80s music in the background, I think. Like, right, okay. I don't know why Tony Blackburn popped into my head, um, but there you go. Is he anyway. one of the ones that, uh, is he one of the naughty ones though, Tony Blackburn? Did he get no, he's, no, he's still he's going. Is he? No, he's still going, he's Tony Blackburn. Um, it's, oh, I don't know why, it's because my parents listen to him. <laughs> And he still does, but he still does like he does um, things like Sound of the Seventies or something like that, and okay. doing all the countdown and shit like that. Anyway, but whatever. That's by the by. Uh, my next one, getting back to the point, is sorry, my brain's wandering all over the shop. Is uh, <laughs> is Mummy on the Orient Express? Peter Capaldi. Okay. Why? Okay. Again, it's going to be a bit like Eccleston. It's a really good Capaldi story, and it's a lot of fun, and I, I really enjoy it. And especially you know the stuff of Frank Skinner. Uh, yeah. Is brilliant, and I, it just annoys me that they never went anywhere with um, with Gus, you know, and the people behind that whole trap and mm. um, and, and and the foretold and all that. And it's, so there's annoyances there, but again, the stuff I'd rather the, the ones that come after this, I'd rather watch again before I get to Mummy on the Orient Express. Now, this could be because I watched that episode to death. It came out, I loved it. I watched it. 10 times in a matter of months. Right. So it could just be that I've seen it, seen it so many times and it's not the best Capaldi story. And then the other thing, the others that come after it, particularly the, uh, the classic who it's kind of like, I need to see that again so I can get it like absorb it into my brain to the same degree. Right. Okay. So I think, yeah, no, I, think I, I surprised you with that one. You did a little bit, mate. You did a little bit. I mean, I loved Mummy on the Orange Express, and we'll come to it in my chart shortly, I guess, but I, I thought it was great. But my my number 10 selection is The Haunting of Villa Diodati. Ooh, okay. Uh, and I, I liked this because you have the historical references and the, I suppose, the real references to stuff that happened in the past and so on, and the sort of, you know, creaky gothic-y horror kind of touches to it and bradley walsh is an absolute star let's be honest he's fantastic yeah. however this it, it can work as a standalone episode in my mind but at the same time it's linked with other episodes afterwards isn't it yeah it is yeah loosely yeah yeah so i mean to me it's almost like if i didn't know that maybe it would rank higher because it could stand alone but because i know it carries mm. on in another form it's almost like okay, I don't feel like I'm getting the complete story from that w- that one episode rewatch. If that makes sense, yeah, it does. And I, I do wonder if because essentially it makes the finale of that season a three a three parter, right? Even though it's very much haunting of Villa Diodati, and then the two parter, even though even though it's linked, I wonder if it'd have been better to have that earlier in the series, 
and use a couple bits in a couple more episodes right. to allude to and build up to yeah. the last two episodes. Almost so, bad wolf-esque. Yeah, I was just about to say something like Russell T. Davis would do. <laughs> yeah. And have it, you know, and just sort of have, have these, even if it's just, you know, two or three episodes, right, we've got to get to this, you know, we keep like getting veered off course. We've got to get, you know, we've got to get there, but you know, it's an obstacle in the way, an obstacle, obstacle mm-hmm. that goes into their own stories, but then they're getting back on track. Maybe that would have, uh, would have made it, would have ranked it higher on your list. I don't know. Yeah, potentially. And again, Jodie Whittaker is great. I can, I can choose fantastic. Yeah. I, I think as we said, when we did this episode of the Dr. Who pod and looked at that story, I think that the writing has let her down. As, mm. as you know, to coin the phrase that you put forward, it was, it was mainly your your discussion there, saying the writing is let her down, and I think you're correct. But here, this is a good story, but I almost feel that I need to see more of, of where it goes for it to rank higher. If that makes yeah. sense. No, fair enough. I know which. Uh, I know where we're going for Whitaker then. Okay. <laughs> Next <laughs> in season two. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, I choose in the new Hooser. I know where I'm making you go for Whitaker. <laughs> ah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Okey uh, number nine, my friend. Where are we going here? And this is getting really difficult now. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm beginning to think that this was a really bad idea. Because <laughs> nobody's going to be happy by the end of it. No, no, totally. No, I'm going to piss people off no matter yeah, what. I know. Ah, well, be fine. Um, number nine for me is uh, Tomb of the Cybermen, Patrick Troughton. Okay. Which is, it was so difficult putting it that low. It really was, because I, I really enjoyed this uh, this serial. Love Troughton as the Doctor. Decent villains. You had the uh, the whole story arc with Toberman, where he was awesome without saying a word. You had yeah. the sort of the classic moments with the Cybermen uh, essentially defrosting and things like that. They did, a, they did a lot with very little in terms of set space. Mm. as well, which I don't think I brought up at the time, but thinking back on it, they basically had four rooms to to do this. Yeah. And they yeah. the told, the told a great story. But again, the other the other stories I'd go back to first. And it's 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 almost a shame that Troughton's that low. But yeah. Mm. Yeah, well well I I mean we I've I've got Tomb of the Cybermen as number eight, so it's only one step ahead. So we may as well just cover it together now. Okay. It's to me, Triton's fantastic. This story is great, but I, I chose it as as tri- the Triton story for this first season because of the iconic scenes of the Cybermen in the black and white footage coming through the the I suppose cellophane for want of a better term, but breaking out <laughs> of the tombs and so on, uh, and it being that iconic, it was a better story than I remembered. You know, I thought it was really good from that aspect, but. Um, yeah, I I, I I love Tomb of Cybermen, but I don't think we're far off. It kind of sits roughly, I, I suppose, in the middle for the pair of us. If it's number if it's number nine for you and it's number eight for me, we've both kind of got similar thoughts. It's a good story, but there are other things in our in our watch back in our first season that are better than Dan, I suppose. Yeah, but again and again another day, it could be higher up the table. It's it's mm. solid a solid mid table. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. My number nine was Vincent and the Doctor, and again, it's fair so enough. difficult. It's so difficult because it's it's got some bloody amazing moments in it, you know. And the end scene alone, if if we were if we were putting this chart together on end scenes, mm. this would be like one or two or something like that. 
<laughs> you know, it's so it's bloody fantastic. And I, I, it made me think, why, wow, how great was Matt Smith and all this sort of stuff. But the rest of it, it's it's a bit it, was crap. A good, it was a good story <laughs> to get to where it was. And, and again, the little brushes with history are like, oh, there's the room that he painted and there's this and there's that and little throwbacks to actual, you know, the, the historical references and so on. But to me, the the whole episode is about that last scene mm. when Vincent is in the museum. And that means that there's plenty of other stories here that I think I would prefer to watch back ahead of that one. Yeah. Plus, it's also hard to put something that sort of emotional and, and bittersweet and to some, you know, potentially upsetting. It's quite difficult to rank that highly in terms of entertainment even though it is really valuable okay if you see what i mean i don't know i'm, I'm just i guess i'm just i'd always be more inclined to put thing to put something that made me laugh or that was right. you know great action I'd, I'd, I'd always put that higher you know rank that higher than something that basically made me blood my eyes out yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's just no, a personal. That's just a person. That's just a personal thing. Um, I'll, it'll it will shock you to know that the, this that episode ranks much higher up my list. But no, I, I imagine. <laughs> <it will. laughs> uh, also, we've had my my number eight, Tomb of the Side Men. We've covered that. What sits at the eight position for you? Uh, eight for me will probably annoy people. It's uh, the Caves of Androzani. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was again. It was good. It was it was very good as 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 is everything on this list apart from survival and attack of the Cybermen. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I did what I always try not to do, and that is judge something on its own merit and not believe the hype. Okay, I was obviously told and, and took it on board that this was voted as the best story, best Doctor Who story ever. Yes, at a certain in point in time. 2009, I think it was voted that, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I went in with very high expectations. And I wasn't disappointed by any stretch of the imagination. But I wasn't blown away. It was it was an intricate story. It, was, it did you know it did everything I liked with the um, you know the intertwining storylines. The, the villain was interesting. There was um, you know the the polit- I forget his name, but the, the you know the, the politician was oh, sorry the businessman was an absolute bastard who killed the president. Yes, and bits and pieces like that. But nostalgia, at least in part, going forward wins the day in terms of this ranking so low, and because it is quite intricate and it has that sort of. I want to, I want to say political element, but that, by that I mean politics within the within the story's world. Mm-hmm. I don't mean it's got a political message behind it or anything like that, but because right. it's quite intricate and, and and has that element, it there's just things I find more entertaining in this list. Yeah, that's fair. Which, which I'm probably going to contradict myself in about two picks time, because I've just remembered what a good bulk of one of those stories is. But we'll get to that. See, with with the caves of androzani it, it's that thing of i remembered it being amazing and i hyped it up even myself to you hyped it up as being this great story when i watched it back it wasn't quite as good as i remember it being it was still bloody brilliant don't get me wrong but i again i think it sort of snowballs in your own head i remembered it being much better than it was 
I'm, I'm, I remembered it being a 10 out of 10 and it was an eight and a half potentially if you want to be sure look at it that kind of you know yeah i can understand that i mean the funny thing, funny thing you say though when you, you you know you watch something the first time and then it's not as good when you go back to it i did that with the you won't have seen it but the uh the suicide suicide squad movie from 2016 you're right i've not seen it. hang on is that the one that they did that went four hours no oh, no i've not seen it no um it was the first one with margot robbie as harley quinn um but they did that and I went to the cinema and said, oh, that was really good. You know, I've seen some of my favourite characters on screen. It's brilliant. And it came out on DVD. I watched it. I was like, oh, that's, that was good. Not as good as at the cinema, but pretty good. Watched it again. <laughs> Why did I like that again? <laughs> watched it a fourth time to think, right, come on. It, you must have just been in a mood or something. Watched it a fourth time. I was like, oh, no, this is actually just a bit shit. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, you know, these things can happen. Um, but Caves of Androzani was not shit. I just can't rank it any higher than uh, the eighth. No, that's fair enough, mate. That's fair enough. Um, shall I jump in with my number seven? Up to you, pal. If you want to, uh, if you want to go in, go for it. Yeah. Okay. My number seven is the Dalek Invasion of Earth. Ooh. Slap bang in the middle, I guess, of our fourteen options. I love, and it sounds funny because of you know maybe I've contradicted myself as the season has gone on, but I love how old this is. Yeah. I just love the fact that I'm watching something. And, and again, I suppose it's a nostalgia standpoint for me because this is one of the VHS tapes I watched around my mate's house when I used to go around there and we'd share a pizza after school on a Wednesday night. It was tend to be the night I'd go over because my parents would be working late and so on. So I'd go back to his and this is one of the VHS tapes that we'd watch pretty much every other week. And yeah, okay, sometimes it can be a bit slow. And yeah, okay, it is, it is very old, let's be honest. But I love the fact that I've got it in my childhood. And also, my dad can remember this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was sixty four. It was broadcast, so my dad would have been ten. And my mm. dad can I can actually have a conversation about this with my dad. So that means quite a bit for me as well. And the moments of the Daleks on the bridge and coming out the Thames and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah to me, I, to me, I really, really enjoyed. I really enjoyed that. I feel mean putting it so low now. No, it's what it is, mate. <laughs> it's what it is. If we all agreed, it'd be a very boring place, wouldn't it? It would, but then also I'm, I'm thinking now. You've got me just thinking about the, you know the, the the really positive aspects of it, and I'm just like, was I harsh on it? Was I harsh on it? And I, I don't. <laughs> but this is the problem, you know. Tomorrow I could look at this list and flip it up, yeah. almost upside. Well, not quite upside down, but uh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> let's not let's not get silly. What's your number seven spot, my friend? This will probably surprise you. It's the movie with Paul McGann. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> At number seven. Yeah. Okay. Explain yourself, sir. I don't owe you an explanation for anything. I will defy them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- um, I love the movie. It's part of my childhood. It's nostalgia. I watched it three times for the podcast. <laughs> and it's one of those where I know this inside out. I will. I know I'll go back and watch it again. But mm-hmm. because I know it so well, there's no need for me to rush back to it. Okay. There's things on this list. The, the, there's episodes on the on, left on this list that I won't, when I've got when I've got the time, I will prioritize watching again over the movie. And that's how I've, that, this is how I've tried to pass it out in my brain. Yes. Because yes. It, it, like you said, at this point, it's getting really difficult to um, you know to, to actually rank them. So I've had to, I've just had to 
come up with the rationale of, I know it so well, there's no need for me to rush to watch it again. Everything else on this list I've either seen less or I want to watch again before the movie. Yeah, even, okay. though I, even though I love it to bits and I wish we'd got more Paul McGann. It gets mid-table for me, but it's... Um, it's to be fair, it's a bit like Manchester United. Everybody expected it to be in the top four for you know my picks at least, <laughs> um, but it's just slipped down a couple of spots, a oh, couple of spots for now. But you know, people think it'll only be temporary, but it might stay down there a little longer than you'd expect. Well, close to ten years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, <laughs> uh, in your number six spot, then Dan. Oh man, this is getting so difficult now because I'm looking at my top six. And I could interchange any of these. Yeah, they, no, this this one uh, of the ones that were left. This was this is definitely the right spot for this one, and it's uh, okay. Inferno with John Pertwee. Oh, okay, love I loved the alternate dimension thing, and I loved how it was giving the actors chance to, you know, show their range. And you know, I think uh, a few of the actors even said it was their favorite one to film. Mm-hmm. And it, it just really showed it was really well written, even though it was long. It, it was so well paced. It didn't feel like a slog at any point, and everybody everybody performed the role, roles well. Some people multiple roles doing really well. Yes, it was another thing with a drill, but why not? And there's you know there's nitpicky things in the story, like what was the actual goo? You know why mm-hmm. why was Krakatoa mentioned so often when it didn't actually play into anything in, in the end? But I don't care. I just left it really entertained, and the whole relationship with the doctor and the brigadier and stuff like that. I really, really loved it. And I this is one of the ones that I want to go back and watch again when I've got the time. Like yeah. I will I will be rushing back to that one and more Pertwee. Yeah, definitely more Pertwee. Definitely more Pertwee. Uh number six for me is Mummy on the Orient Express. Oof. I thought this was great. I thought this was great. I loved it. And it's I love I love the whole concept of the countdown clock. Capaldi was fantastic. Frank Skinner was fantastic. Obviously, we've got the Clara factor, which makes it bump up a couple of places. <laughs> <laughs> let's, not talk, let's not talk about things bumping up where Clara's concerned, young man. <laughs> I, just, I just really, really enjoyed it. It was a brilliant It was a brilliant episode that I would happily go back and watch again and again. You know, I'd happily put it on tonight and watch it because it, I thought it was so, so well done. And then the reveal at the end where the Doctor's literally got seconds before before the mummy effectively kills him and he's talking and he's trying to figure it out and then boom, he gets it and everything's okay. And I, I just think it's fantastic, mate. I, I, when, when you chose this one for us to look back on, I was a little bit like, huh, okay. I remember Frank Skinner was good, but I can't remember much else, but I'm so glad you picked that one because I've, I've got a newfound love for that episode. I think it's bloody brilliant. Yeah. And it was one of a few, there was a block of them where they got some just, I think it was a block of about three episodes where they just got some really fun one-shot stories for Capaldi. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the other one, but one of them was Time Heist. Okay. Where there were it was the Doctor and Clara breaking into the world's most secure uh, bank, but they've had the memories wiped, so they're having to break into this bank at the you know the behest of this unknown entity. But the, this entity's left clues for them to figure out. So they're breaking in without knowing what they're looking for, why they're doing it, or who they're working for. And all that has to emerge over time in the story. Okay. But it's still just a single episode, and they do that. That is another brilliant one. 
And there was a third episode, but off the top of my head, I can't remember. Well, if it's got Clara in it, mate, I'm happy to check it out. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so then, top five. Top five. And this is literally interchangeable. Well, I say that. The, the next three are interchangeable for me. And then the top two are interchangeable. They're broken up in two little separate brackets, but they're all so <laughs> good. They're all so good. What have you yeah. got at five, bud? This one will surprise you. At five is Vincent and the Doctor with Matt Smith. Oh, to be honest, yes, it does surprise me. I thought it was going to be a, t- a maybe not number one, but I thought it was going to be a smidge higher. And it, I kind of alluded to my logic before. I love this episode. It, it means a great deal to me personally. And like the movie, I know I'll watch it again at some point in the next six months to a year. But you've got to I've got to be in a certain mood to watch it because it, it does run the risk of it. It's it has so much emotion and feeling attached to it and deals with such subject matter that it runs the risk of putting me into a funk rather than yeah. helping. Oh, yeah. And everything else on this list I classed as more entertaining in the fact that I got more joy by the end of it. If you see what I mean, you know, it, it had that sort of dopamine hitting my brain where I was like, ah, oh, that was good. Yeah. That was fun. Whereas when you watch Vincent and the Doctor, you think, I just sort of sit there and contemplate life for a while, which isn't a bad thing. But this, again, it's this weird rationale that I've had to, had to bring in to try and break it down. Um, because of the heavy subject matter and then everything like that, it, it won't go any higher than five for me today. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And it's interesting as well because everything you've explained about how this this episode works for you, and obviously people want to listen to it, they can go back and listen to our episode covering this this story. And it is one of the proud, one of the podcasts I'm most proud of recording, especially when, when we consider the feedback we got for that particular episode as well. From oh, same. People. You know, I'm really proud of that episode, so please go back and listen and listen to the, the Vincent and the Doctor episode of Doctor Who Pod. Knowing how it it does hold that special place for you, I kind of expected it to be higher. But then, like the way you've explained it, that makes perfect sense because it does mm. carry. I, I don't know if baggage is the right word, but emotional baggage, maybe emotional, you know, link, it, it, links to links to a previous emotional state, shall we say? Yeah, I mean, well, it, it, I think baggage is about right. Um, to be honest, it's. You know, it's, it's a big. It links to in many obviously links in many ways to a, a, a rough time in the past, and you know, there's always the danger of, of dredging that up if you let it. So yeah, okay, yeah. I, th- I think emotional. I think emotional baggage is exactly the right term. So but yeah, that's. I'm, I'm glad my. Uh, I'm glad my rationale holds up. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, for me, and I think this might surprise you, a touch being as low as it is. Number five for me is the caves of Androzani. Ooh, fifth doctor in at five. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it is kind of, it is a bit of a funny one for me because I, I, I was looking forward to rewatching a Peter Davidson story with you, probably mm. the most out of all of the doctors. Yeah, you know, only by a smidge, but you know, I was really looking forward to the Davidson story. And Caves of Androzani, I remember being, as I explained earlier on, I thought it was a ten out of ten story. Rewatching it. It's, it's an eight and a half, maybe. It's not as good as I remember, but it's still bloody brilliant. That's kind of why I suppose it's slipped a couple of places in comparison to what's left on this list, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, I, I was expecting Cave um, of Androzani to be a bit higher from you, but 
again, you've you've sort of rationed it out pretty well and then sort of sowed the seed earlier on where you're saying it was maybe not quite as good as you remembered and, you know, it's an eight and a half rather than a, a ten. Mm-hmm. And as you say, it gets it gets so difficult and the margins are so fine when you're talking about the top five on this list. That yeah. It's not exactly an insult to be down in fifth. No. A lot of people think I've insulted Caves of Andrezai. <laughs> <laughs> putting it in eighth but <laughs> fuck you it's my list <laughs> well there you go there you go uh, number four number four for me is The Haunting of Villa Diodati with Jodie Whittaker I'll tell you what as we're going it's difficult for me to keep track because I've got my own list in front of me I'm not making notes of your list perhaps I should have done that I'm making notes of mine and your list uh, okay great I, I'd forgotten that you hadn't brought that up yet so that comes as a surprise to me that it's that high yeah, well, I waxed lyrical about this episode at the time, um, at the time of recording. I think it's sort of a hidden gem, if you can call it that, because a lot of, like I say, a lot of the writing let Jodie Whittaker down, but this is one of the best written episodes of Doctor Who I think I've ever watched. And I, I'm a big horror movie fan, and it ticks all those boxes with the classic horror stuff. And the fact that it links into, you know, links into Frankenstein and you link it into the Cybermen and it lays the framework for a really good two-part season finale. Mm-hmm. Just, it's it's brilliant for me. Easily the easily the best episode of, uh, of Whittaker's run. Yeah, and, okay. And just a, just a fantastic story in its own right. You could you could slot any any other Doctor into that role, apart from maybe Baker. Colin Baker, mm-hmm. and it'd be fantastic. But I really think Jodie, but Jodie makes it her own. She's superb, and that's one of her finest hours as the Doctor. Yeah, okay. I mean, a lot of the stuff you're saying there makes me think perhaps I should have put it higher. But <laughs> See, this is what you did to me. <laughs> this is the problem when somebody starts like waxing lyrical about it and you only start you, the, the positives are the, the only thing at the forefront of your mind then you start thinking oh, maybe I should tweak my list but stick to your guns yes yes indeed yes indeed uh, now here's where I think I'm going to start upsetting people um, <laughs> from, from my, my number four is uh, Day of the Doctor Oh, okay. Now, I know that's going to be very high on a lot of people's lists if you list from this particular group of shows we have. But, I mean, I love it. And, again, it's one of those things where the margins now are so small between the, the, the four stores we've got left, you know, from four down to one, obviously. The margins are, are so small separating these eight. And Day of the Doctor is one that I could easily put at, put at three, put at two. I could even put it at number one because it was that good. Mm. But when sat down making this list i started thinking to myself okay the story is good it's great seeing tenant again the highlight for me though is the tom baker stuff at the end Mm. so am i thinking so favorably on it because of the end scene again in a similar way to vincent and the doctor but it's just got a better story beforehand it's kind of where my mind started going and then i looked at what i had left to choose from and it's literally a case of this is, in my opinion, the fourth best of the four I've got left. Yeah. As opposed to as opposed <laughs> to saying it's not as good as the others. It's just like it's, it's that scenario of it's so difficult to split these now. You could literally get a cigarette paper between the three of them. Is that is that you know? Oh yeah, it's uh, and I, I can I've got it in front of me. I know what you've got left, and 
I completely get how you've put it there. I am surprised it's it, it's a little obviously lower than I've put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Again, perfect rationale and knowing what you've got to come, I can't argue it. I really can't. It's it like you say. It's it's. I'm struggling for an analogy, so we'll move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long week. Yes, yes. Ridiculous amount of work hours you've put in this week. I'm very, I feel very, very glad and fortunate that you're managing to sit down and actually get this recorded with us, Dan. So I, don't, I want the people listening to understand how busy it's been for you over the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, great stuff, mate. Cheers. Nah, I always make time for this. <laughs> so then, top three. Top three. Here we go. Get the trumpets Ooh, out, got? all the fanfare. <laughs> what we got, mate? What we got? <sighs> Top oh, third spot. God, I nearly switched it on the fly then. No, stick to your guns. It's Genesis of the Daleks, Tom Baker. And me. And me. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Again, it's like you say, it's a cigarette paper between them at the minute. Yeah. It's it's so difficult. And, and this is where, to a degree, nostalgia wins out. Um because if I was as familiar with Genesis of the Daleks as I am with my final two choices, there's every chance it could be top. Okay. Actually, maybe not top, maybe second. But that just speaks to how good it was. Um, and, it, and it's weird because it's so long ago now, and I've not revisit, I've not looked back at my notes, and I've not watched it again. But I just remember being blown away by it. And it living up, living up to everything I wanted a Tom Baker Doctor Who story to be, and that's about as high. That's about as high praise as I can give it. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense, mate. I uh, I love Genesis of the Daleks. This is the one that, from classic Who, I probably have seen the most. Um, aside from maybe the Five Doctors, because I had them both on VHS tape myself. It weren't just kids going over my mate's tape, so I had them on VHS tape myself. So I've probably seen this the most along with the five doctors when it comes to the old classic who's before I got Britbox and streaming services and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So it holds a real special place for me because I love the story and and you get the whole, uh, the sort of Nazi fascism vibes from, from, from the, the bad guys of the piece. Davros is involved, of course. Yeah. It just uh, Tom Baker's superb. Sarah Jane Smith is just, uh, it's just brilliant. Everything about it is bloody fantastic, mate. <laughs> It really is, and it's 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 this with this and Inferno though. It's I said before about the uh, you know sort of the heavy subject matter and and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, making things not maybe rank as highly for Caves of Androzani, and yeah, I, above that, I've picked two stories that contain Nazi allegories, um, and, and one of them has, and one of them has and one of them has, a, has genocide. Um, so, well, mm. if that makes me a hypocrite, I guess I'm a hypocrite. Okay, doke. How how shall we do this then? We've got our top two. Both of us have got a top two. Sh- shall I just give my number two and number one, and then you give your number two and number one? First off, you just said number two twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a child. Um, oh, I don't, I don't know because there is there is a high likelihood that we have got the same top spot. I kind of want to, I kind of want us both to say our top spot on three, and then we can get into the second places. Okay. Potentially wax lyrical about the same one on the top spot. 
Okay. So okay. if I count down three, two, one, then we say the name of the episode. Right. So this could go this really is gonna, badly. This is what's not going to make for good audio. <laughs> I don't care. Watch, watch, watch my internet bug out or something now and go completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So, so we're going with our number one choice from our season one yeah. of the Doctor Who pod on the count of three. Yeah. We'll go three, two, one, then say it. So, okay. Three, two, one, blink. Inferno. Oh, twat. <laughs> now blink is blink is my number two mate blink is my number two and i'll I'll tell you why it's absolutely freaking amazing i love it and it's a yeah. great story that stands alone and it's that and you when, when you picked blink and you started and we rewatched it and i started saying certain things i liked you were answering back by going I knew you were going to love that about this because uh, it's yeah. the whole butterfly effect influencing time back and forth and so on. And, and, you know, the, the, the videotape is so, so clever. It's absolutely amazingly clever, but this to me is a doctor who chart and the doctor's not in it much. So I've literally right. made my decision on that because I couldn't decide. I, I, I had Inferno and then I had blink and then I had Inferno then I, and there were, chopping and changing all the time and i ultimately i literally just plumped for inferno because it's a kind of light on the doctor episode that's the only mm. thing and it's not that's not a complaint because that makes the story what it is it's just literally the only way i could separate them i suppose yeah no that that's i, I absolutely get it and, and you you know the you say about the uh, the butterfly effect stuff and how things affect the future or you know and from the past and all of that you kind of get a take on that in Inferno as well with how mm -hmm. events are running not quite parallel, but everything the Doctor's witnessing and trying to do influences how he acts when he gets back into his own universe. So yeah, you're saying about the, uh, you know, the butterfly effect and how things in the past affect the future and how, you know, having the simultaneous conversation uh, in Blink, there's, there's kind of a similar effect in Inferno with the alternate dimensions and the not quite running parallel um so you've got the you know everything the doctor's witnessing in the the evil universe so to speak is is going to influence how he how he acts uh when he gets back so yeah i can, I can see why inferno get your top spot and like i said it ranks a lot lower on my list but it doesn't mean it's any less brilliant because i really want to go back and watch that again yeah i i get the impression for me with inferno that i'm going to appreciate it more on a second watch mm. You know, but yeah, I, I think yeah, that's yeah. I think I think that's that's fair. And, and like I say, Inferno is one that I am eager to get back to, and, and just Pertwee is the Doctor in general, as I said. Um, so yeah, I can I completely understand why uh, why it'd get your top spot. I think you're wrong, but I can understand. <laughs> I imagine lots and lots of people are going to think I'm wrong. I imagine a lot of people will disagree. But Blink <laughs> as, as as your number one, then Blink as your number one. Uh, what's your thought process behind that, bud? Well, I'll just speak about my um, number two choice first because uh, my number two choice was Dave the Doctor. Oh, yes, um, of course. Sorry, sorry, carry on. That's all right. Um, Dave the Doctor for me was a brilliant 50th, 50th anniversary special. It bridged a huge sort of story gap between classic Who and, and new Who in terms of 
uh, you know, in terms of the time war and all that stuff, it answered a lot of questions. And was that rare thing in TV where questions needed answering and it, it did so in a really satisfying way. Um, yeah, yeah, good point. For, yeah, John Hurt was a superb bit of casting for the War Doctor, you know, the grizzled, but like very distinctive and kind of posh sounding in his voice and just his mannerisms were brilliant. And, and the way he was looking at Tennant and Smith thinking, what are you two? And, you know, just, just almost, he was almost, almost... He almost felt like let down or disappointed, didn't he? Yeah, he's like, God, these, these are me? Really? Yeah, um, and the whole, th- oh, even the stuff with, with Queen Elizabeth as well, you know, working that into it, that as sort of through teams of writers throughout decades, the Doctor's relationship with Queen Elizabeth I has been sort of worked in here and there into so many stories and to finally get a resolution to that was was brilliant. So I, I can't say enough good things about it. It is really, really good. But to me, Blink is the best episode of Doctor Who that I've ever seen. Why? Okay. It's my it's my absolute favourite. See, again, it's right up... Uh, it's so difficult, and we've said this all the way through our, our sort of countdown episode, I guess. I feel the same. I feel Blink is the best episode we've watched, but then I also feel Inferno is the best we've watched. I also feel Genesis of the Daleks is the best we've watched. I feel <laughs> Day of the Doctor is the best we've watched. You know what I mean? It's, it's so difficult to decide, and it's like, if you ask me... 30 seconds ago, Inferno was the best thing on this list. Hearing See, you now talk about Blink makes me think, okay, Blink is the best thing on this list. I could sit down now and watch Mummy on the Orient Express and start thinking, okay, maybe I should have put that higher. It's just we've watched so much good stuff in this first season of our podcast. I can't wait for us to get into season two. Oh, neither can I, but I had two lock-ins on this list when I started. Colin Baker at the bottom, David Tennant at the top, because since pretty much since it aired, whenever anybody says to me, what's your favourite episode of Doctor Who? Blink. What do you think the best episode of Doctor Who is? Blink. Without a moment's hesitation. Right. And as great as everything else has been, I've not watched anything yet that changes my mind. That's fair enough, mate. That's, 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 enough. that's, how, all, that's how all in I am on Blink. I, I absolutely adore it. See, I had a couple of places set for me. Um, Genesis of the Daleks was going to be in my top two, and I changed mm. that. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and Attack of the Cybermen was going to be bottom, and I changed that. So it shows I fickle I am. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the, my, my two that I mentioned are the only ones I stuck to. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Okie doke then. I mean, we did uh, give people an opportunity, a very brief opportunity on Twitter today before we recorded to let us know what they thought of our first series. Uh, We have Good Guy Dave on Twitter at Dave Pozewski. He says Blink was his favourite and Vincent the Doctor is a close second because the ending makes him cry every time. And again, you can, it's so interchangeable because we watch so much great stuff. You know, you can have virtually anything, can't you? Oh yeah, and to be honest, my initial thoughts on my list were were to put Tennant and Smith as one and two. Okay, but I, uh, you know, I sat down, had a bit, had a think about it, and, and it ended up fifth. So again, shows how fickle I am. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> we have here at official ab underscore pos uh, now with less teeth than brain cells. 
who's been interacting with the show's Twitter at the Doctor Who Pod uh, quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. Only recently discovered our show, so you know, welcome along. Really, really happy that you're listening and enjoying what me and Dan are doing. Uh, she says here that we had fair criticisms of the Sixth Doctor, even though he's he's her fave, and the lack of Perry hate is great as well because big fan of Perry that this individual is. Um, she listened to the fight fifth doctor story and the sixth doctor story so far and i just love the show so that's awesome thank you so so much for the feedback there yeah thank you it was brilliant and i, I, I will get to to watch some of uh, some of your videos it's just as previously mentioned my time is extremely limited at the moment yes without a doubt without a doubt and then we've got our buddy rob at utt rob who actually took the time to tweet us a full list his own full countdown but what he's done is send us the the numbers, how they correspond to the image that we tweeted out. So this is yeah. going to take me a moment or two to decipher. We let's see if I, let's see how quickly let's see how quickly I can do this because he, he gave us he gave us best to best to worst, didn't he? He did, yes. So he went Day of the Doctor, Blink, the movie, Genesis of the Daleks, Caves of Andrazani, Haunting of Villa Diodati, Tomb of the Cybermen, Dalek Invasion of Earth, Dalek. Uh, Oh, damn, lost my place. Vincent and the Doctor, Inferno, Inferno ranking really low. Whoa, that is uh, low, isn't it? Mummy on the Orient Express, Attack of the Cybermen, and Survival. So the same bottom two as mm-hmm. both of us, the same top two as me, the same yep. fourth place as both of us. And um, Was that right? Yeah, same fourth place as both of us. Yeah, no. no, no, no. Fourth place was Day of the Doctor for me. Third, uh, third place was genesis of the dark oh sorry sorry i read my list wrong so close yeah. enough third and fourth yeah very close very close for the pair of us yeah very close i think dalek may have been quite close for both of us as well because we give that thought because we give dalek 11th and caves of androzani he's got fifth which is the same as same as me yeah so yeah good, agrees uh, with the agrees with both of us just not at the same time potentially yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, some, some really some really good accidental sitting on the fence there rob yeah, brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay, so um, I suppose now that that effectively concludes our our first season, Dan. Do you want to quickly run through our top 14s as we have it there? On my top 14, then, we have, going from worst to best, Survival, Attack of the Cybermen, the movie, Dalek, The Haunting of Villa Diodati, and that's the third time I've said that on this episode. I've not screwed um, it up it's, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> uh, Vincent, Tomb of the Cybermen, Dalek Invasion of Earth, Mummy on the Orient Express, The Caves of Androzani, Day of the Doctor, Genesis of the Daleks, Blink, and my number one, just by a smidge, is the John Pertwee story, Inferno. And what was your final listings, Dan? Uh, rock bottom for me uh, was Attack of the Cybermen. Then it was Survival, Dalek Invasion of Earth, Dalek, Mummy on the Orient Express, Tomb of the Cybermen, Caves of Androzani, The Movie, Inferno, Vincent and the Doctor, Haunting of Villa Diodati, Genesis of the Daleks, Day of the Doctor, and Top Spot was Blink. I think all brilliant lists we've had in there, you know, brilliant suggestions from Twitter, brilliant, uh, brilliant lists that you and I have put together as well. You know, I mean, again, People will disagree. People will agree. People will agree with some of it and, and not others. I will disagree with my own list in, in about an hour's <laughs> point. 
However, I do love the fact that we managed to get two um, two episodes in the same place. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the fact that we've got our bottom two are the same, it's just slightly swapped around. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's real interesting. It's been fun running through, and I'm really excited to see um, what you start picking for, uh, for the new Who in uh, Season 2. Yeah, and, and about that then, I suppose, as we sort of come to the end of today's podcast episode and the end of our first season, uh, a little bit of news about the show next season, I guess. I mean, first of all, we've had quite a few people interacting on Twitter saying that they've not long discovered the show. So, and, and there are obviously episodes that people will not have heard yet. There's two ways now of going back and, and checking out the older episodes. One is to go back through the Radio Techers archive, who uh, very graciously and, you know, we're hugely appreciative too for hosting our first season on their network. Our second season will, of course, be staying with Radio Techers 2 when that starts to be released. Or you can check us out now, starting at the very beginning episode one effectively almost like a rerun of our first season via visionaries global media and you can find them on twitter at viz vis global media visionaries global media and they have soundcloud spotify all the usual places you'd expect to find your podcasts so you can find our older episodes via radio techers where you're probably listening to this episode right now or you can listen from the very beginning uh, as visionaries global media re-release our first series so that's quite exciting dan isn't it two networks carrying our show yeah, it's amazing. The, the uh, and you know, I welcome all feedback, uh, positive or negative. You know, please let let me know. You know, let me know what you think I can do better, and or what you know. Obviously, I I like receiving you know, receiving praise for the things I do well. But um, it's been really amazing seeing the feedback from everybody, and and it's the the vast majority I've seen is is overwhelmingly positive. So I'm just really glad people like what we're doing, and uh, and thank you very much for being with us through season one. Indeed, I totally agree. I totally agree. And season two at the moment, the rough format is looking very much like there will be episodes where we swap it around a bit. Dan will be picking from Classic Who this time. I will be picking from New Who. And then there will also be a small select handful of guests who will be picking stories from either New or Classic Who. And we'll be looking at them in that order. Again, similar sort of format, one story per doctor per season. Uh, And that's kind of what we're looking at doing next time out, Dan, isn't it really? Yeah, it's just uh, we will have a couple of surprises as we go along because uh, obviously uh, we can't do another War Doctor story because there isn't one. And we can't do another Paul McGann story because there isn't one. We could do that little, uh, you know, that little sort of quarter of an hour uh, regeneration scene that he did, but I don't think that really counts. Um, but we uh, we do have uh, we do have something in the pipeline uh, to uh, to take those places because we wanted to keep to the uh, sort of the fourteen episode format, didn't we? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So thank you so, so much to everybody who has listened, uh, messaged the show, retweeted, shared the show, given us feedback, et cetera, et cetera, from our first season. Dan and I are going to be taking a couple of weeks off now. Well, I say we're going to, there's going to be a couple of weeks where we're not going to be releasing, but we're very far from taking a couple of weeks actually off. But with regards <laughs> to yourselves and, and what you have to listen from us is going to be a couple of weeks break. And then season two will be hitting you fast and furiously in the face. So that'll be via Radio Techers. And again, you can recatch season one via Visionaries Global Media. Dan, do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you? 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at DanGriffin21, usually tweeting about uh, wrestling that's a minimum six weeks out of date or movies and TV that are 25 years out of date. Uh, you can hear me on Unbooking the Territory, uh, which I do with uh, UTT Rob, where we look at the first and last of professional wrestling. Uh, so if you search Unbooking the Territory on uh, on all your podcast providers, you find us there, and we're on Twitter at UTT Podcast. Uh, we also have a side project, which is Unbooking the Tankatory, where we look at the, uh, the lives and times and the trials and tribulations of the WCW career of Tank Abbott. But it's uh, it's a niche within a niche within a niche, but it's uh, it's a fun little show and we enjoy doing it. And we uh, we have a laugh looking back at one of the hardest, don't that be a very bad swear word to say on the on this show, so I'd have to bleep it. One of the, one of the hardest, pe- legitimately hardest people ever to set foot in a wrestling ring. Speaking of bleeping stuff, um, I don't know if people noticed or, or perhaps didn't pick up on it or whatever. The first few episodes of the Doctor Who pod, I thought, you know, there's a lot of younger people who listen to, well, who like Doctor Who, and there's a few younger ears who may pick up on our show. So anytime an F-bomb was dropped or something like that in the early episodes, which was very, very few, to be fair, as we started the show, I would beat them out by using the time. <laughs> Okay, that's how I would do it. And I thought, that's quite a nice little quaint touch, isn't it? A little TARDIS noise in there to block out the swear words for the younger listeners. And then the more relaxed, the more confident me and Dan got, the more we swore. So I just kind of gave up because it seemed like I was spending all my time <laughs> Dardic, uh, sorry, uh, chucking TARDIS sounds into the bloody podcast to blank out every time you and I dropped an F-bomb. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... Um... It was something I noticed. I didn't want to mention it. I, thought, I assumed it was just because uh, you realised just how much of a gobshite I was. <laughs> uh, I must be like ep- episode four or something. I just thought, ah, oh, you know what? He swore a lot this week. I can't be arsed. <laughs> Fair play. At least, at, least I've, at least I've kept the C-bombs to a minimum. Exactly. In my mindset, on Radio Techers and Visionaries Global Media, the networks that carry the show, we get the little E for explicit content next to us anyway, regardless of whether we've got explicit content or not. So, sod it. Yeah, <laughs> I like how you talk about explicit content and you went with sod it instead of fuck it well there is that there is that anyway you can find me on twitter at SJP words and on facebook you have a little group there SJP all the shows and info and those are basically your two main points of contact for if you want to get in touch with me about anything in particular or if you just want links to the shows and content I'm involved in including for example the Doctor Who pod here we also have a bit more science fiction time travel stuff with The Waiting Room, which is a Quantum Leap podcast I do with our good buddy Benny Mac, looking back at the old late 80s, early 90s time travel show Quantum Leap, one show at a time. Uh, if one show at a time is the format you enjoy, I have a friend of mine called Scottish Danny, and we are looking back at WCW Monday Nitro, one show at a time, in order all the way through, through all the goodness and the soon-to-be-arriving very badness as well. And then on Monday nights, I am live with Chain Wrestling, which is via the Radio Techers, Twitch, and YouTube channels. And that also comes out as a podcast version later in the week. But most importantly, you can find this show on Facebook and Twitter, at the Doctor Who Pod. That's at the D-R-W-H-O-P-O-D. At the Doctor Who Pod. You can find Dan at Dan Griffin 21 and you can find me at SJP Words. Dan, I've had a blast, mate. This episode's been great. This first season's been great. I can't wait to get into season two, you know, and see what classic Who stories you pick for me. Oh, I can't wait to get it rocking and rolling. I should probably start thinking about that at some point. Yes. Yes. Do it now. Do it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay that's brilliant stuff so Dan thank you so so much buddy really enjoy it to everyone else as always 
thank you so so much for listening and we will see you very soon with our second season. Bye.